Hey, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. I want you to tell me all of the places that it's normal to run into someone from college. Okay. Like, like in okay. general. Well, if you're in the college town. Yep. I think if you're you're in a large city, you're in the closest city to our college town. Yeah, but give me like specific like places you're out and about in the city, you know? I, I mean, I don't run into people from college. Okay, yeah, that's because you went halfway across the country, but I'm like grocery shopping at a party. Well, yeah, okay, okay. Grocery um, shopping, the bank, a party, a cafe. Uh, an art gallery, because we were art students. Yeah. And honestly, I need to add one more, and that is at a midnight showing of a Rocky Horror Picture Show, where that person is part of the shadow cast, and their Columbia's out um, with COVID, uh, so they give you the duty of um, taking the blow-up object... I will let you guys fill in the blanks of what Columbia was being played by. <laughs> and uh, being like, hey, I know you from college. Would you mind when Columbia, spoilers for a 40-year-old film, dies in the end, can you uh, projectile throw the blow-up object into these specific chairs so that uh, she doesn't get stolen? And I did. I was like, hi, person I've not seen since college. Um, was it a cool person? Oh, yeah, it was Liz. We were in some show together for, like, one semester at least. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. They're uh, they're playing, um, uh, both Eddie and, um, Dr. Scott. And it was the first time I'd gone to a Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show. And as you guys know, uh, you may know, when you go to, like, a live showing, you're supposed to, like, yell certain things and throw things and like do uh different so we got like little baggies of like toilet paper to throw when dr scott um we got like newspaper to hold over our heads when there was rain um so it was very fun and that's what i did last night and so i got home at 4 a.m and let me tell you i slept super hard today and apparently this morning because i was sleeping in a hobbit went into cat who cat also came with and went to Kat's room and meowed at my cousin and was basically saying, she's dead. There's something in that bed, but she's dead. Kat, you need to feed me now because my mom died. <laughs> like, Hobbit Hobbit was like, well, R.I.P. Uh, I still am hungry, though. Hey, other lady, can you feed me? Oh, my gosh. Because I, I just... Poor guy is starving. Yeah, I was tired, so I did not even wake up to him, like his usual menstruations of awaking me. Um, I did also mention last week that I had a funny story with Hobbit, um, which I'll just very quickly cover. Um, I was fixing my chair with wood glue and Hobbit uh, was, uh, since I couldn't like brace it with like a usual sort of like uh, like clip or anything to keep the part in piece, I was using rope. And the rope got in the wood right. glue, and Hobbit was like, ooh, toy. I personally should have seen this coming. And then he... Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he was staying back, and then it very quickly became bad. And then he bit at it, and it was non-toxic, but I wasn't taking any chances. So 
my cousin and I also waterboarded Hobbit last week. Um, Because <gasps> we were... Ba- basically, I had to put his head in the sink to try and wash out his mouth because... Oh my gosh. He ate glue. Wood glue. And I was like, you don't get to eat glue. I'm sorry. He was fine. This he is didn't... not pleasant for anybody. No. And I... I and must I, be done. Basically, I was like, cat, come here. Help me mildly drown my cat. <laughs> Um, but he's fine. He was fine. I, I, I checked the glue after because I was more concerned that he had it in his mouth than it was non-toxic. And it was non-toxic, but at the same time, non-toxic okay. for humans doesn't mean non-toxic for cats. So. Yes. Um, how's moving in going? You're, it looks awesome. You're, you, you have yeah, bookshelves set up. Yeah, my books are not, like, set up in my bookshelf, but they're on the bookshelf. Oh, and you know yeah. what? That's a good step. I, yeah, that was, that took me, like, months to do <sighs> in my room. Well, I mean, the books have been taken out of boxes because we were using boxes, like, multiple. We were, like, taking oh yeah multiple trip and, like, loading a box, unloading the box, and then loading that box again. Yeah, see, and, my like, books just lived in boxes for, like, a couple months because... Mine was stacked high in the closet. Yeah. Oh, I do have that picture. I sent it to you. You do. Can I post it? Yeah, you can post it. Guys, we're going to show is... off Maureen's uh, Warrior Cat collection. And um, I want everyone, cast your votes now. Who's taller, Maureen or her Warrior Cat's book collection? <laughs> if you think you know, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome and hey yeah you're uh, i see amira's hanging out with you and she is it does it looks more comfortable the space looks almost as if like it looks lived in i'm impressed that's no i mean i mean shout out to my girlfriend because she has um really really been spearheading the hey can we get everything off of our floor and like into a place that's awesome. Um, I've like not, I've lived in this place for like seven months now, and it still kind of looks like we moved in last week. Yeah, there's still there's still a lot to do in like the common area, kind of and stuff. But you know, like our bedroom looks great, my office looks great. So she's been she's been she's been great. Yay! But she's she's very good at organizing. She loves organizing, so she wants to like sit down with me. And put things in a place. Oh, that's beautiful. I like doing that too, but it's just more having the time and energy, right? But it's... she's a good, she's a good motivator. Good I job. have this like box of junk. I think I talked about the junk box. I just have a box of stuff, and she's like, "We're gonna have to go through it eventually." And I'm like, "Yeah, but not yet." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's mostly just stuff I want to like hang on my bulletin board. It's like a bunch yeah. of like you know art and like little like convention trinkets yeah and, like, all my pins and stuff i and... know i my i still have not put up my paintings any of my my like wall stuff it's more so i just like i don't want to reorganize it <laughs> like what if i get another painting? <laughs> oh we hung we hung her shelf she made this really cool mountain shelf it's a shelf shaped like a mountain we hung that Ooh. on the wall put everything on there um, Simba is now out of the tub. He was in the tub yeah. for a while. Simba lived in the tub. Mm-hmm. Um, my five foot Simba has found his rightful home on top of our 
skewed bookshelf in our room. That's really funny. The rest of my Lion King stuff is in our closet. For now. But, like, all along the top. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. along the, on the top, like, displayed in our closet, but in our closet. You have, um, to, you have to you have to travel deep into my home to find to find the true treasure. <laughs> okay, have you read anything? Simba. Um, not uh, not really specifically. No, I mean the thing is with my job is I'm kind of like always reading, but nothing you really want. Kind of, and not really like reading, reading because I'm not I'm not looking at the words. Like sometimes I'm seeing it, but I'm just kind of like absorbing comics. I'm just kind of kind of taking them in yeah anyone do you want to call out um i've been yeah 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 you know what um one that i really i worked on that i really enjoyed the art of uh the lonesome hunters by uh tyler crook written illustrated and lettered by tyler crook and i haven't like read it like i said i've just kind of like looked at the art but um it's um it's some really fun watercolor and you know i love watercolor um and then another one would be um the harrow county book oh which is written by colin bunn and illustrated by tyler crook oh so i guess i just really like uh tyler crook's watercolor work (laughs) so go uh Go look at them. Go. We can't tell you anything about the contents if they're like if there's a story even there. We just look at it, I guess. I mean, they seem kind of like um, kind of like I'm not sure exactly the genre. If it's more like YA or a little uh, a little more um, adult, but they're they're younger protagonists, younger women protagonists, mm-hmm. and um, you know they're kind of spooky. I, I get kind of creepy vibes from them, like the little like monsters. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen a lot of either of the of the stories, and you know, I'm working on you know issues that you know aren't the first. I'm not working on the first issue, so I don't really know what's happened. But I've been I've been enjoying just uh, just uh, seeing the art. It looks very nice. How about you? You read anything? Um, yeah, well, I also, my book this week is one that was kind of more to one to more one that I looked at, um, cause it was a collection yeah. of photographs actually. Oh. I saw this like on a TikTok and I was like, I have to have it. Um, <laughs> let me grab it. Cause the, the title on like Storygraph and on Goodreads is different than like the first edition title, but I don't think they have the first edition anymore. Like, hold on. Oh. So this book is called Working Women, the an appealing look at the appalling uses and abuses of the feminine form by Jessica Strang. And it is a collection of the feminine figure being used in practical and decorative ways. So, you know, a pair of women's legs being used as a nutcracker or a door knocker or a a female form beheaded used as a golf key um, or, you know, as a bottle to hold uh, liquor or a a witch's body used as a teapot, a candle holder, a saleswoman sign an ashtray, a door knocker, 
And what I thought was interesting, reading the introduction, because there's really not, there's almost like sometimes too much commentary on the description. Um, and and this book was like made in the 80s, 90s. And um, yeah. Uh, what I think is interesting is in the beginning, they're like, there's a lot of ways you could look at this. You could look at it from like a feminist point of view being like, oh God, how dare it? Like, or you could you look at it like a sexist point of view and be like, oh, why can't we, why can't we appreciate the female form? Like, or you could look at it from the lesbian point of view, which is both. Um, <laughs> um, or as they kind of said, they're like, sometimes you, you can just look at it as kind of humorous because honestly, that if it was a man who designed it, he might have not have thought about us at all. He might. And, right. and it was just an interesting little collection. And, um, I will say the one thing that was lacking was they only had two pages dedicated to literally called black women. Um, and obviously was talking about, um, and is images of, uh, black face, like based. Ah, so the antiques. really racist things. Yeah, like, I, it's one of those things yeah. where every time I go to an antique store, I'm like, why did you guys get this? Like, why not just, like, I understand, like, the need to preserve some of it, but also, like, why did you buy this to sell this here? Why not just, like, yeah. if that's what happened, why not just throw it away? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, or if you're going to, like, keep it, like, don't have it for sale, because it's just disgusting. Um, yeah, that's maybe one of those... use it to highlight the issues of racism. Right. And, and that's the thing is like, I think this book works when it's talking specifically about like white women, obviously, versus when it looks at any other, like, but, and then some of the things I was interested were like, like tea cozies. That was something a woman definitely made. Like, yeah. And then some of these designs, I'm like, Hey, I think a woman might've made this. Like a man isn't using, using sewing needles. Like, well, if yeah. he is, I don't know, he's probably not, or, like, a teapot. Like, some of these teapots, yeah, one is, like, a nude woman, but some of these are ladies' dresses, like. Yeah. So, it was interesting. Um, it's just something to, like, think about and ponder on. Um, the title now, I believe in the new edition of the book, is Working Women, a photographic collection of women with a purpose, which, because <laughs> some huh. of them are objects uh it's literally women as objects um and it, some of it's amusing and a lot of it's interesting and some of it's like huh like i wouldn't mind having like and some of it also makes uh, looking at from a more of a modern feminist point of view is like well how do i know that that hand is a woman's hand why am i assuming like there's yeah. no sleeve or anything showing this could be technically anyone's hand, just because it's more slender. Um, which, mm -hmm. you know, is maybe... It's a raccoon hand. Yes. But then, like, there's other ones where it's, like, literally showing, like, a discombobulated woman's form made into a chair. Um, which is a little disturbing. A little bit disturbing, but I'm also like, well, maybe the point was to be disturbed. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure part of it's also, like... But then I watched Rocky Horror, and I was like, ah, this is saying a lot about gender, and... <laughs> etc and also about how we've um you know changed uh our perspectives and that was and that was another thing i liked about the rocky horror picture show is they're like some things that like we have people like call out um during like the live action shadow cast ones are pretty dated 
I a lot of Rocky mm-hmm. Horror is dated um, when it comes to like people who are represented in that movie and how like we would speak about them nowadays and how we wouldn't say those things, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily reduce how important it was uh, for the time. Mm-hmm. And it's good to understand where and how those things changed. Um, yeah. So that's what that's what I read. Kind of want that leg nutcracker, you know, thigh goals. I there were a couple of things in here. I was like, man, I I want I want a naked lady lamb. I as a lesbian, I deserve this. I actually have like there's this a uh, a pen nib that's a hand. I have that. Like, I have vintage hand and uh, this, like, vintage fairy butter knife. Like, that's beautiful. Um, I wouldn't... I think, like, it is lacking in some respects. Like, definitely in, like, sort of... Racism, for sure. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I also realized there wasn't a lot of, like... There was, like some mentions of like women on packaging but i was like oh we're just not going to mention like aunt jemima or like any of the native american people like the land of lakes butter um or any of the many native american women whose uh figures or i would say caricatures were used so and not just native women native men as well so you know think about that girl um it's just something interesting, something to think about. And maybe the, I don't think this book's whole scope was ready for that conversation, obviously, and maybe not trying to go into that conversation. And maybe it was better suited for um, a Native person or a Black person to do that work. Or not do that work, but start that conversation. Yeah, or I mean, you know, like, sometimes you just want a titty lamb. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I feel you. Anyway, let's 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 read about cat racism now. No, we're not. We're, no, oh. we'll uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll stick off that for like a, a like a hot minute. Oh, we're not going we'll back to Sky Clan yet. Wait, the tribe of rushing water. Yeah, you, you remember you remember why it's racist because they call it a tribe. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Aaron's. But um, no, no, we'll, we we get a little um. Reprieve from that disappointment. Okay, so we're bit. on cat daddy issues, or yes, yeah, cat daddy no. issues because dad's haunted by a weird ghost. No, no, we're into we're in the boy issues book. Oh right, no brambleclaw. Yeah, no brambleclaw. It's just it's just our gals. You know, young, confused, trying to figure themselves out. All right, I like it because I'm Ember Heart and I'm Tagocon, and this is Warrior Cats. What is that? that were like all about you and your body and puberty like let's learn about me you and your body do you remember those um no i had a book called the ghastly past the story about farts but that was about um my only 
body book. I'm not, these were like I had I had my grandma thought it was hilarious one. So I was like, why don't I have any friends? And I don't know why my mom thought me reading that would help. I mean, it didn't. I had two friends, and that was all I needed. So. I figured it out by like sixth grade i figured it out but yeah yeah anyway but i'm excited i'm ready for this teen vogue um or 17 um what are they teen teen beat this i don't know i'm too far removed <laughs> let's do this all right girls let's <laughs> have girl time enough about this boy island it's girl time it's girl time, but we will, we'll eventually get to Boy Island. Very I exciting. know, but I'm going to rename it Girl Time, uh, Girl, Girl Isle. Girl. Yeah. We'll think about it. Let's put a pin yeah, in Yeah, we'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> uh, moonlight glimmers on the stream as Leaf Pearl gazed into WinClan territory. A lean, dark shape raced down the bank. Are we neighbors with them? Yes. We shouldn't be. I wish we... We didn't have this problem before. Yeah, I wish we we had seen this. We should have just stuck as being neighbors with um, RiverClan only. Although, we had a lot of issues there, too. I don't... And then we realized it's not a RiverClan issue, it's an us issue. It's a ThunderClan issue. Because we don't hear about this I mean, happening the other cats between any of the other clans. Talk about yes, any... we do. Yes, we do. Not right now. Not yet. Not right now. So far. No. You know what? ThunderClan Thunder is a little... Well, technically, um, if you remember back in Blue Star's Prophecy, there was... Um... I know. I know. Cat. Okay, here's the thing. I, there is... I'm sure there's a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, mingling. I know, I know, I know. But from my perspective, it seems that ThunderClan is the only one that has an honest to god issue with it. <laughs> like, but we have been from the ThunderClan perspective, almost yeah. I guess it's just because ThunderClan is the most dramatic. Um, <laughs> you know, jocks, geeks, freaks, and most important, thespians. <laughs> he plunges into the stream and hauls himself up beside her. Crow feather. He can't swim. <laughs> what? Cinderpelt is poking her head out of her den. <laughs> Leaf will say something. I was saying. I was saying crow food. I hate wind plan. <laughs> Leaf will spring out of her nest. No, and she asks if Cinderpelt has anything she'd like her to do, and she gets sent out to gather herbs to fill the stock. Yeah, I need you to get a crib, girl. Well, Leafpool races through the trees until she gets to the boundary stream with WindClan. Okay. The Aarons just recreated the scene from the 1995 version of Pride and Prejudice when Colin Firth comes out of the fountain and is covered in water. Like, (laughs) as Mr. Darcy. They, like, legitimately, they're like, ooh, you know who's Mr. Darcy? It's Crowfeather. When in reality, no, it's 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 really not Crowfeather. Um, Mr. Darcy is literally uh, Dust Pelt, but we're not ready to have that conversation. This is where she had stood in her dream. 
lethal stares into the undergrowth from the far side. A patrol would be hostile. But if Crowfeather appeared, and then she reminds herself that she has no business hoping to meet Crowfeather. She's a medicine cat, and medicine cats can't fall in love. Like, we're still, aren't we past this, girl? Well, I think she's still, like, coming to grips with it, because, I, like, yes, she's really, a little in, bit the, she's in the denial. um bargaining stage. No, wait, what is it, denial? No, she's yeah, past now, so now I think she's in bargaining, because she's like, oh, no, 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 this is against the rules, but what if he showed up on a, this is the ripping the grass out of the, um, ground uh, stage and just kind of like playing like with it and be like oh, I mean what if um this is the uh he loves me he loves me not stage <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> but he already said that he loves her right but now it's up to her to I love him I love him not I love him I, I, for, I, I give up everything I've promised to do or I don't <laughs> stage I give up my vows I've made to my past dead relatives, one of whom is a very bad example because she keeps just saying, go girl, go for it. Do it. <laughs> and it's weird. Cause like, I'm not even related to her, but she's like, I could have been your mom. And it's like, gross. Don't say that please. But she only smells thunder clan. There's a patrol and she doesn't want them asking questions. So she hides under a holly bush. Honey, that's always a great idea. She's so suspicious. Like, if she just was like, "Oh, hey guys, out for herbs," you know, as a medicine cat is want to do. Like, they'd be like, "Cool, make sure not to go past one clan barter." Like, what questions would they have asked? Literally none. Right, it's like it's by a stream. It's like, funny because plants grow by streams. Like, the most dramatic, most gossy like clan there is, but they're all generally just so stupid. That you, un- unless they, like, literally know, like, someone tells them, they won't, like, they didn't even figure out Blue Star. These guys are not smart. Like, they, things were so, ob- things are so obvious that unless it's Firestar laying it on thick, they don't know. Like, everyone knew Firestar had a crush on Sandstorm. That was, oh, so obvious. Oh, yeah. Like, Graystripe was able to get away with an affair gray stripe he's as subtle as a brick <laughs> God, like they genuinely wouldn't have asked any questions they would be like oh hi and then kept walking yeah oh hey Rachel. oh she's out there up by the river oh she's probably getting some water putting in moss and or herbs i don't know anything about herbs we probably should know things about herbs it's like oh watch out uh, you know there were badgers around here just be careful Actually, I just realized we say herbs because we're British. Well, I mean, yeah, we can. We can say herbs if you'd like. We're not gonna, though. No. So Brackenfur is leading a patrol, and he has Sootfur and Whitepaw with him. Brackenfur asks his apprentice what she can scent, and Leafpool froze. But Whitepaw answers, Windclan cats, and Thunderclan, of course, and a fox may have gone by yesterday. But no badgers. And Brackenfur praises her. Like I said. She's her father's daughter. Actually, Cloudtail's one of like the best trackers in the clan, so. Never mind. 
Well, I mean, she wasn't, like, of course she's, but she smelled ThunderClan. Like, it's not like she's specifically yeah, pulling yeah. out the scent of who. Yeah. Like, I smell She's not you looking for anyone. And him, and, and Leaf Pool in that bush, and... <laughs> <laughs> when the patrol disappeared, she wiggled out of the bush, and a familiar scent hits her. Leaf Pool, whatever are you doing under there? It's Sorrel Tail. Our friend. Oh my god, Sorrel Tail. I need you to stop being in love. I need you to stop being in a non-toxic relationship for two minutes and save me. <laughs> girl, I need you. This is why we you need like girl like girl weekly chats like with your friends. <laughs> you need to you need to keep in you need to keep tabs on your friends. Like not that it's well, your job, tell- but also it is your job to make sure she stops. We gotta support each other. Yeah. By making sure we all know what bad decisions we're making. Yeah. Somebody'll know. Yeah. Well, Leafpool tells her she was looking for berries. Aren't holly berries poisonous? Yeah. You never wanted to kill anyone? Yes, uh, Leafpool was looking for different berries. You know. Yeah. But Sorreltail doesn't ask any more questions. She looks tired. But her eyes are shining. Oh god, Sorreltail's pregnant. She has something she needs to tell Leafpool. Oh my god, it's- see? See? I literally, what I was saying, like- these guys yep. are not smart. Sorreltail just got smacked in the face with suspicious behavior. But who cares? She has a baby. Oh my god, she's tired. It's so obvious. I love, like, I love how they just avoid talking about the birds and the bees. Like, okay, how can we make it clear that this girl had the best time of her life <laughs> very recently? But also, we don't ever want, we can talk about pregnancy and birth. We can't talk about what leads to those. Tight. Never. <laughs> oh, good lord. Okay, I'm Leafful ready for the news. Stares. I'm so excited. Leafpool stares in horror. Had she guessed about Crowfeather? Oh my god, I can't. This She's is, so self-absorbed, like, just like her dad. The, 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 the... Well, she starts stammering about uh, about the good herbs here, how she always comes here when... And Sorreltail's like, what are you going on about? Yeah, she said she had news. Not that she had guessed your whole deep dark secret, which I, like, don't even care about because this is ThunderClan, we're dramatic, we're self-absorbed, and... I'm pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, she's expecting kits. And Leafpool sees pride, excitement, and a flicker of fear in Sorreltail's eyes. Leafpool purrs. Are they bracken furs? Sorreltail nods. She hasn't told him yet. She wanted to be certain. Oh, she knows he'll make a wonderful father. Leafpool agrees and presses her muzzle against Sorreltail. He will be! She'll be a wonderful mother. Sorreltail hopes so. She's a bit scared. But she knows she'll be fine with Leafpool looking after her. Leafpool thinks she'll do her best. Well, says she says that. She says she'll do her best. Just think, she tells Sorreltail, she'll be the first cat to bear kits in their new home. 
the sorrel tail blinks happily. Aww. This is a beautiful moment. Let's end the podcast now because I don't want anything else to happen. It has been upsetting right up until this moment. And by upsetting, I mean amusingly upsetting. And this is the only pure moment I think we've had in a very long time. So I just want to bottle this Wait, up it and gets better. It. Brackenfur had turned back to see what was keeping his mate, and his gentle care for her made Leafpool certain that he had guessed her secret. He knows. Of course he knows! I mean, nice. I mean, but, like, I, I understand she probably hasn't told him yet, um, but, like, yeah, I yeah. think he's figured out, you know, A equals B equals baby. So, yeah, if they've been married, then, of course, kids are not too far behind, I'm sure. Leaf will watch, uh, well, it won't be a secret for much longer. Right. She gonna get big, girl. Mm-hmm. Thank God they have, like, food to eat. Yeah, right. Also, this was, like, very heavily, um, like, I li- literally last episode we were talking about how, uh, man, we don't yeah. have a lot of kids around here anymore. All right. There we go. So I was like, challenge accepted. She's like, listen here. <laughs> listen here, Bracken Fur. How many do you want? And he's like, I don't. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's like, right answer. <laughs> I love their dynamic. Because she's like. A very, uh, it's it's kind of it's truly the the Thunder Clan um recipe, um kind of an idiotic but kind man, and a brash bombastic woman. Sometimes you get reversed. Uh, I would say the I other... think Brackenfur is the rare uh, smart guy. Yeah, and then there's the other Thunder Clan classic, which is um kind of mean but mostly just like brusque and standoffish dude. And the sweetest, kindest lady the you have ever met. Gal. And like sometimes you get disasters, like uh, um, uh, Blue Star's parents. Oh, I was also gonna say, uh, uh, Brambleclaw's parents as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know White Storm's parents. Uh, but I but I would also say I mean, Golden Flower. Is like that high. There's also like the highly intelligent, perfect woman and that idiot. So you get that in uh, Graystripe, Firestar, and and like all of Thunder Clan, all of uh, uh, yeah, that's literally it. Those are the three options you have. So it's great. Leafpool watches them disappear with a strange ache in her heart. She's happy for Sorrowtail, but she envied her too. Her and Brackenfur had entered a private world where a medicine cat could never follow. You're a medicine cat, Leafpool tells herself, and Crowfeather is a warrior from another clan. Stop thinking about him. Stop dreaming. Head down, she padded away from the stream, looking for Squirrelflight's colt's foot. So, yeah, it's, 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 you know, she's having her own little crisis and she's watching people be happy. It's like, I'm going to go talk to my sister to remind myself how bad, (laughs) how bad men are. 
Would you like to hit me with a cat fact? Yes. Guys, we are taking a brief break from cat memes because, listen, I gotta stay topical. I gotta stay with the times. I can't let a viral moment pass us by. Especially when it has something I thought I was uh, not gonna be able to bring up. Um, Cat actors and cat games. So, this is not sponsored. But we're gonna talk about the newly released pretty recently released game um, for the PS4 and PS5, Stray. Um, yeah. Which you probably already heard about because it's already, like, so good and so many people have talked about it. I haven't gotten to play it yet. Um, Maureen, have you played it? No, because um, it's for PlayStation, which I don't have, and then it's for Windows computer, yeah, which I also do not have. So sadly, no. But um, I'm my brother's moving out, and I'm hoping maybe he'll bring the PS4. <laughs> it's PS5 too. Yeah. Uh, so whatever. This is a game, um, that uh you play as a cat, and you're traversing the world, and you're solving puzzles, and it was created, um, by uh the su- uh, Blue Twelve Studios in France. Like, come on, how can we not talk about that? Um, and. A lot of the development was, duh, inspired by the studio's own cats. Um, so we're going to talk about them today. Uh, the Yay. So, according to the studio and other press releases, four amazing cats uh, provided references, inspiration, and quirks to the game. Um, first, there is Murtal, um, who was adopted by the founders of the studio, Viv and Kula. Uh, he was a stray himself before his adoption. Uh, he was found chilling under a car by the founders um, and is now known as uh, the boss. Uh, Murtau is an orange tabby, uh, which if you've seen anything about the game, the main character is an orange tabby. And apparently his story was yeah. like one of the major inspirations and also his appearance. Um, but he wasn't like, they while he was part of the inspiration, uh, the animators, um, their direct... Uh, his reference was uh, from Oscar, who was a Sphinx cat who would often visit the um, the studio, run around, and like allow, like kind of get to see his like movements and motions. Which I thought, oh, that's yeah. really smart. Sometimes it's hard under remember, all that fur. A yeah, remember you were like, how do I draw cats? And I'm like, look at him naked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, naked cat. Exactly. Next is June or June who uh, has an official title at the studio of Executive Chief General President Commander Director Officer. Um, He's a black cat that lives and gets all the love at the studio. Um, I think he's just the office cat, and he apparently is a big old lover boy. And finally, Mm -hmm. I'd be remiss not to mention Lala, who provided the voice of the main character in Stray, um, which can be used Aww. whenever the player wants as there is a built-in meow function. So, you know what there also is? What? There's an achievement mm-hmm. if you meow. Yeah. 100 times. And how could you not? <laughs> like Goals. You, you can also, like, cuddle, like, with the, a couple of the robots that are part of the game. It's like a neo-futuristic setting. Um, I think with the other cats too, you can like yes. groom them. You can share tongues. Yeah, Yundu, you they they tried to put in as many cat quirks as they could, 
Um, and they really made this main character. It's third person, so you always see the cat in the screen. So they wanted to make sure it was super Thank like, goodness. realistic. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so not sponsored, but we wanted to highlight Stray. I will have the studio and the games linked in the um, episode descriptions along with all of my sources. So, yeah. Pretty short and sweet, but that's our podcast. Nice. Yeah, I would. I would like to play that eventually. Be cool. You should. You could do a cat game segment. Yep. Don't worry. That's planned. Okay. (laughs) I was looking into this, and uh, my cousin brought up a couple other examples that I'm definitely need to talk about. I I mean, I've already mentioned a couple like cat video game characters. You know, I've talked about Takeshi, and I've talked about like Tabaxi. Yeah. Like those are like cats in different types of games. I did specifically talk about video game cats. And there's also cats that are that were modeled, used in, for animation. And um, oh yeah, don't worry, guys. Cat facts are never ending. <laughs> I know I've uh, I've kickstarted uh, the new Cat Tales, but I've got to wait till like fall of next year. Oh yeah, for that games take a while. Yeah, I know. I'll just keep playing the old one until then because it's very fun. Perfect. All right. Are we going to go see our sister or are we going to be sister now? We're going to be sister. Okay. It's been a week since the battle with Mudclaw. Brambleclaw had begun his training sessions and Sandstorm insisted every warrior take turns with the apprentice duties. Squirrelflight would rather be hunting or exploring. But fetching moss for the elders isn't too boring when she had a friend to share it with. Squirrelflight cast a mischievous glance to Ashfur before hurling a clump of moss at him. Hey! He spun around, <laughs> eyes gleaming with laughter as he flung his own moss back at her. Ugh, okay. Guys, I thought you didn't want to... Girl. I mean, she, she's allowed to have friends who are guys. This is fun. Yeah. We're just having fun. Squirrelflight dodges it and runs right into Brambleclaw. He demands to know what they're doing. Squirrelflight tells him collecting moss for the elders' bedding. And she feels regret for their lost friendship and fury that he had appeared at the exact moment she stopped working. Ashfur skids around the tree with more moss and halts when he sees Brambleclaw. Brambleclaw asks if they're carrying the moss back on their pelts. Ashfur says they were only having a little fun. Brambleclaw says he would call it wasting time. Don't they realize how much there is to do? Do you? Okay. Okay. Because it seems you're spending your time uh, micromanaging, bro. Get out of here. Oh, yeah, kinda. Very much so. (laughs) Well, okay, Squirrelflight says, neck fur beginning to bristle. There's no need to treat them like lazy apprentices. Brimbleclaw tells her to stop behaving like lazy apprentices. Being a warrior means putting the clan first. Squirrelflight's fury rises like a wave. Does he actually think they don't know that? Who died and made him deputy? And she regrets the words the minute they leave her mouth. Brambleclaw's eyes blaze, but his voice is icy calm. No one knows if Greystar was alive or dead, 
Does she have any idea what Firestar must be suffering? More than you. And of course she does. And deep down, she wants to apologize. Yeah. But she can't back down when Brambleclaw was being so unfair. Firestar is her father for Starkland's sake. He can't talk to her like she doesn't care. Ashfur steps forward and presses his muzzle against her shoulder. Steady, he says. Squirrelflight is struggling to control her anger. She'd give anything to have Grace right back. And Ashfur reassures her that they know that. Look, Brambleclaw, Ashfur says, straightening up. They'll get the moss. He doesn't mean to hassle Squirrelflight. Which, like, is kind of what you're doing, bro. Yeah, for realsies. God, you suck. Brambleclaw says, okay, but be as quick as they can, and then they can make sure the elders have fresh kill. And he leaves without waiting for a reply. Feed the elders yourself, Squirrelflight yowls after him. There's no need for him to behave like this, unless he's punishing her for being suspicious about Hawkfrost. Which... Mm. Ashford tells her to take it easy. Brambleclaw is just trying to make sure everything gets done. They're all under pressure with just one apprentice. Squirrelflight says that Brambleclaw should do more himself then, instead of walking around giving orders. And if he thinks she's collecting moss for him, he can think again. She's going hunting. And she spins around and races into the trees. Bye. Ashford is calling her name, but she's too furious to slow down. That's fair. She wants to launch herself at Brambleclaw and wipe that look of scorn from his face. You should. Just beat him up. I'm done. Like, I'm for this. I'm ready for violence. But part of her is torn by guilt for implying that Greystripe was dead. Every time her and Brambleclaw speak, they seem to plunge deeper into anger and mistrust. She wonders if there was anything that could put things right between them. She doesn't notice where she's going, and she runs headfirst into a thicket of bramble. Just like her sister. She's eventually... (laughs) One went into a bush on purpose and looked like an idiot. One went into one on accident. Wow, this girl has had, like... Still looked like an idiot. She's had two inconvenient, like, falls from, like, not looking where she's going. Is she gonna die from not looking where she's going? <laughs> Probably. It'll be very funny. Yeah, okay. And also very sad. <laughs> well, she is able to rent herself free. She was like, oh, it would be so embarrassing if, like, Brambleclaw or Ashford, like, stumbled into me, like, angry in a thistle bush. That's like, it's Ooh. like one of those things where it's like, you were having a bad day and you get home and you drop your keys. It's like, oh, of course. The trees around her are unfamiliar. Uh Squirrelflight, look out! Ashfurst shouts close behind her. And just beyond the thicket was a fox. Oh. It steps out. Jaws parted in a snarl. Eyes gleaming with hunger. You can tell we haven't lived here long because there's just so many people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And by that I mean other wild creatures. (laughs) Ashford quietly tells her to back away slow. But as soon as Squirrelflight takes a step back, the fox launches itself at her. Rip. 
Ashford puts himself between them, smashing oh, its muzzle. crap! What? Uh, oh, we're fighting a fox, yeah. No, I know, but I was just like, crap, I was just worried about, I mean, I, like, I, I barely know him, Ashford can't die, I don't have any opinions on him yet. Well, Squirrel Flight flings herself at it and claws its face. Oh, I forgot. He's She's a man. Off. They're not going to kill him off. <laughs> He's not someone's mom who got no development. Yeah. He's safe. He's safe. Very tragic love story. Oh, I'm sorry. For a minute, Ashford, I thought you were her mom. Oh, continue. <laughs> so she's thrown off and Ashford is battering it with his hind paws. You know, he's bunny kicking that box. I bet he looked real cute. <laughs> Amira was doing that just before I came down to record. Under the covers. like, oh, ooh, scary. <laughs> so scary. When she springs again, Ashford is pulling himself away, blood pouring from his neck. Ooh. So, maybe he is a mom. Mm, uh-oh. She's distracted, and the fox snaps at her. Teeth meet her shoulder. Squirrel Flight yowls in pain, and Ashford tells her weakly to run, but the fox won't let go. Angry, terrified, Squirrel Flight fights harder. The fox shakes her in its jaws, and she hangs limply between its teeth, and she feels her strength ebbing. A yowl sounds close by. The fox opens its mouth, dropping her. She staggers to her paws, world spinning before her vision cleared. Brambleclaw is driving the fox back, fluffed up to twice his size and slashing. Ashfur fought alongside him. Squirrelflight stumbled over to join out him. and still fighting. Squirrelflight not able to walk straight. Like I'm coming to. I got it. I got it. And they're like, "You can't walk normally. Please just." She's like, "No, no, 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 no. I got it." Well, it worked, because three attackers was too much for the fox, and it turns and flees. Ashford thanks Brambleclaw. How did he know they were in trouble? He heard them, he says, voice tight with anger. What did they think they were doing out here? They know this part of the territory hasn't been explored yet. Who is this? Surely, after... Brambleclaw. Literally both her Surely after were finding her. They both saw her fall into that bush. Sorry, Squirrel Flight. Well, surely after finding that badger, they would have been more careful. I was trying to get away from you! I came over here because I hate you! You are the problem! If you want to know why Ashford is about to die, it's because of you! You suck! I hate you! I used to be friends with you, but you have decided to do an Uno reverse on your character development and went from a generally nice, stupid guy to the worst dude I've ever met. I hate you. That fox was an angel sent from God meant to kill you, but for some reason, once again, everyone else gets hurt while you get away with everything scot-free. You suck. You suck. Is what I wish she would say. Well, Squirrel Flight is almost speechless with fury, so she's too angry to even go. Oh, well, sure I said everything for feels. her. You said everything for her. 
Because why did it have to be Brambleclaw who came to help? Because he was following. And what made it worse is that he was right. She shouldn't have gone tearing through the forest driven by anger without looking where she was going. But he didn't have to be so obnoxious about it. Honey, you don't have to be logical. Let's just blame him. <laughs> we can just blame him. Like I, like, I love that she's smart and, like, logical. But also, honey, baby, sweetie pie, he's not. That boy lets his emotions lead him every single moment of every single day and doesn't let an ounce of logic redirect him. Let's just get that energy back tenfold. Punch him. Hey, you know what? I just, I, you know what? Just start beating him up. Remember how you want to beat him up? Just like, let's just start. Let's just start beating him up and let Ashford figure out if he's going to stop you or not. I, like, I'm, I am just, God, I want his head on a platter. Uh, this guy is like the worst manager ever. And the worst part is he's your ex. Ugh. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. going on a life-changing no. road trip with someone, falling in love with them, and then going back to Barnes & Noble and them acting like an absolute a-hole because the the boss hired his half-brother and he has some sort of weird vendetta and to stop his half-brother no, from- No, no, wait. His half-brother works across right. the mall hall. Yeah, it, but he has some weird, like... <laughs> Even though his half-brother comes over and isn't even on break and is just, like, chatting with him all the time when he's supposed to be over mm-hmm. at Auntie Annie's with the pretzels and he just is walking in there and for some reason you want to, you want to report him to corporate, but your ex-boyfriend slash manager is like, why would we do that? He always brings us free pretzels, and it's like, well, I don't know why he's over here. You wouldn't let me go over to Auntie Annie's to see your sister. Like, what's what are you talking about? Actually, she works at Jamba Juice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to get my glass right. I why does this keep happening? I've I keep making these amazing AUs for you people. Anyway, you know me. I I just I want blood. I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of this continuing to happen. I need them to fight now. Like, I I need them to have it out. There's a thunderstorm coming. Yeah, her name is Squirrel Flight. There's like so I love an angry woman right now. That's a party. Okay. Good luck. What is your problem? Squirrel Flight spat. I don't know what I ever saw in you. Yes, 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 yes! Kill him! Finish him! Ashfur brushes his tail over her mouth. (laughs) She said the meanest thing she possibly could have said, and then followed up by a moment of intimacy from her new boy toy! More! More! Well, Ashford said they thought they would hunt, and he's sorry they came further than they meant to. Oh my god. Brambleclaw looks... Squirrel flight. Better marry Ashford. I hate Brambleclaw now. 
Asper is everything to me. <laughs> he just lied for you. Remacall can eat dirt. Yes. Ashfur is my new favorite. <laughs> Although, counterpoint, go marry Tawny Pelt. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, if it has to be a man, is what I mean. You guys know I would never... Guys, yeah. <laughs> listeners, you know I would never pick a man, right? Like, <laughs> if it has to be a boy. I'm saying Ashfur just, like, I'm feral now. I... If you just want whatever's going to make Brambleclaw the most upset. No, whoever would make Squirrel Flight happy. Well, yeah. Which apparently would make Brambleclaw the most upset. Because you know what? If Brambleclaw... If, he hates her. If Brambleclaw yeah. wants to act like the biggest clown at the circus, then fine. He can have the pie to his face. Brambleclaw will get exactly what is coming to him. And I will be so happy when that happens because you know what? He can't act this way to his friends and his clanmates and not expect them to absolutely hate him. You're acting a lot like your dad. Brambleclaw looks over Ashfur, fury burning in his eyes. <laughs> Squirrelflight says it's a good thing they came across that fox. The clan needs to know about it. <laughs> and how much. And how much would the clan have known if they'd gotten killed? For StarClan's sake, Brambleclaw growled. Have a bit more sense next time. My neck's bleeding out. Brambleclaw. I'm gonna walk away from this conversation. Come on, girl. Well, Brambleclaw sniffs the wound on Ashfur's neck, and Squirrelflight is relieved to see that it had almost stopped bleeding. It was deep, but not life-threatening. So, you know, you've lost a lot of blood. Yeah, right? it's, just like, it's just like, it's just kind of... Almost, it's just not as life threatening as we were worried. Brambleclaw tells him that he should go back to camp and let Cinderpelt look at it. It was life threatening, or it wasn't life threatening because he wasn't a mom. It is concerning. Yeah, he's not a mom. Yeah. So we, yeah, yeah, he's fine. (laughs) And Squirrel Flight, too. She has some bad scratches. The bite marks stung and her every muscle throbbed. Clumps of her fur were missing, and sticky red streams of blood trickled from the puncture wounds from the fox's teeth. She longs to creep back to camp for some soothing herbs. Instead, she suggests that they follow the scent and see if the fox is again nearby. Her voice is cold, hiding the anger that still burned within her. Ashford agrees. It looked thin and desperate. That makes it dangerous. If it's on their territory, they need to find a way to get rid of it. Brambleclaw hesitates, then nods. They can follow it for a while, at least. Brambleclaw takes the lead, and they follow the scent to the WindClan border. Oh, great. Ash... Cool. Ashford says it's not their problem anymore. Brambleclaw says to not be so sure. They should check and see if they can find the den. Squirrelflight says it must be on WindClan territory, Mousebrain. This is hilarious but that she they just the had, area. like, probably the worst fight um, in a while, like, between the two. And they're just like, alright, let's go back to our jobs. This really is like they work at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> I mean, the last fight, uh, the other fight I think was just two days ago. The other bad fight, because it's been a week since the battle with Mudclaw. And last time was three days since the battle of, of Mudclaw. So I guess it was, like... It was, I guess maybe maybe up to four days ago. 
Okay, so she helps search the area. It's clear, Squirrel Flight says, Wind Clan can deal with the fox now. Rumblecloth says he's not sure Firestar will see it that way. He might want to warn One Star. And he's probably right. Firestar still seemed to think his friendship with One Star was strong. And even if the fox did cross the border, Thunderclan cats could still be in danger. So they're going to go head back and tell Firestar about it. Cinderpelt is tending to Ashfur while Leafpool put Marigold on Squirrel Flight's scratches in the medicine den. Cinderpelt tells Ashfur to make sure one of the medicine cats checks his wounds every day to look out for infection. So, the fox went across the Wind Clan border? Leafpool asks Squirrel Flight. This, you know what, though? Good job, girl. Keep it subtle. Leafpool looks worried. Squirrel Flight can't imagine why a fox in Wind Clan territory would bother her. It'd be much worse if it was in their own. Leafpool asks her if she saw any Wind Clan cats. Yeah, that's a... Squirrel Flight can sense, you know, with her sister senses, that she's embarrassed. And also some deep, churning feeling that she couldn't identify. <laughs> Squirrel Flight, you've, I thought you had crushes. Uh-oh. Not this turmoil. Oh, right. Well, Squirrel Flight, hard on her sleeve. She, you know... Yeah, she can go through. Love freely. And, you know, now, but Leafpool's got a lot of cap with guilt there. Love and hate freely. Yep. Well, like, uh, like Crowfeather, for instance? Uh, oh, and who? Who's that? Oh, that's Leafpool asking. Leafpool's asking if she saw Crowfeather. Queen of subtlety. Oh, God. I can't believe I started this conversation and be like, wow, good job, girl. And she just, she, she like took the winning shot and threw it into the crowd. Like we set her up for a slam dunk and instead she just nailed a 12 year old in the face with a basketball. Oh no, Squirrel Flight said. If they had seen any wind clan cats, they would have told them about the fox mouth brain. Then they wouldn't have to think about visiting them again. Brambleclaw was with Firestar now, and Squirrel Flight could guess what his reaction would be. And she asked Leafpool what made her think of Crowfeather. Leafpool says, no reason, no reason. Uh, she just knows that uh, he's a friend of hers. Squirrel Flight doesn't know about friend. <laughs> and she says uh, she doesn't think Crowfeather is capable of getting close to another cat, especially after Feathertail's death. He loved her so much, she oh. says. He must miss her a lot. Leafpool says that uh, she expects that he does. And she sounds like something is choking her. And Squirrel Flight shoots her a look of concern, but she just starts chewing up another leaf. And Leafpool slaps the chewed leaf onto Ashford's hind leg, and he lets out a hiss. Squirrel Flight blinked. Ashford's like, what the what? Leafpool? <laughs> Leafpool's usually gentler than that. <laughs> She's just like, I think it. here. I'm healing you. <laughs> and that's where uh, we'll see what uh, what Firestar thinks about um, the fox. I don't. Do you think he's gonna go visit One Star? Do you think uh... any excuse? His boyfriend is embarrassed. He has to make up with his new boyfriend. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was uh, we got we got a uh, leaf pool with uh, Thorltail. You know. 
the beauty of new life and healthy relationships. We got baby! And then we have Squirrel Flight shouting. And I love her. It's... That was very satisfying. I'm... Guys, if you want to yell at your toxic ex in front of your new, like, best guy friend that he keeps keeps misinterpreting as your new boyfriend, but he's just stupid and can't read the room, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll do it for you. Uh, WCWITCast. You gotta gotta ask us, though. (laughs) And... You can send those requests to our email at wcwitcast at gmail.com. No promises will actually do it. And no swearing. But also not promising. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't curse. And and no promises that we will actually not do it. Um, And if you want to help out the podcast, send this episode to your toxic ex, which is no context. And yeah, no. But also, like, use a burner account so they don't message you back. Yeah, you don't need that um, in your life right now. Yeah, or just, like, unblock them, send it, and then reblock them. <laughs> yeah, look at you. There you go. Um, or show it to a friend and be like, hey, I genuinely don't know what they were talking about for half of this episode. <laughs> Brenna talked about, uh, <laughs> about Annie Poe working at Jamba Juice. <laughs> that was, like, she said that. That was a real um, thing she said? Yeah. <laughs> what? And thank you guys so much for listening. I'd have Tawny Pelt make my green my green drinks. Jumpa Juice, she would, she, Johnny, Jumpa Juice, Tawny Pelt would know that I'm allergic to pineapple and make me like the one drink I can have there. Yeah, yeah, and she'd make sure she really cleaned that blender beforehand. Yeah, she would make sure there was no cross-contamination for me. Yeah, yeah, Tawny Pelt's a, Tawny Pelt's a G like that. Because I'm Amber Hart. And I'm Tangle Tongue. And this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? Mm-hmm.